This is Ken. Hey, this is Cal. And we are Not Not At Odds. Hey, how you doing, Kelly? I'm good. How you been? Oh, good. Glad to be back here in the studio. Finally, it's been a little while. Been a little while. We've we've been camping. We've been doing all kinds of stuff. And so what do we got on the docket for this one? Today we're talking about cars, right? Oh boy, that should be a good one. Cars you've had, cars I've had. Again, I'm the boomer. You're the millennial. I'm the millennial. So I don't know if we'll end up not at odds at the end of this one, because this one I'm a little bit passionate about. Yeah, I don't see us coming to the same place on this one, but I feel like I said that at the beginning of every episode, so we'll see. Then you always come around to my way of thinking, okay, maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) Well, since this podcast is all about cars, we thought we should do our civic duty and do a PSA on a new driving program that we're behind and we hope to see being rolled out this spring. The program is called B-O-L-D Bold. Have you ever been the second or third car in line to turn left and the green arrow glows but you don't get to move? The lead car just sitting there on their phone texting? Or worse yet, they're doing their makeup. Or have you been in a four-way stop and the lead car lets everyone else go ahead of them all out of order just because they were on the phone? Or worse yet, they're doing their makeup. Or at your McDonald's in one of those double drive through lanes. The second lane is moving right along, but the lane you're sitting in Still just sitting there with the lead person not even pulled up to the speaker because they're on their phone? Or worse yet, doing their makeup. Well, enough enough is enough and and something something has to be be done done about it. it. And that's where the BOLD initiative comes in. BOLD stands for back back of the the line, line, damn it. it. That person sitting at the front of the left turn light just don't have the sense to be at the front of the line. Some people are not leaders and they're just meant to be followers in this life. Unfortunately, most of the time they don't even realize it, and that's where bold initiative comes in. While they're sitting there holding up traffic, you or anyone else in the line can jump out and slap a bold sticker right on their car. For the next month, if they are first in line, they must pull over and let the next person in front. But what if they're so dumb that they don't even realize that they are first in line, or worse yet, don't even notice that they have been tagged? Can we smack them? Well, no, but we hope to have that come out in phase two. But you are allowed to start blowing your horn just as soon as you see them not moving over. Or how about tap their bumper? (laughs) Yeah, uh, under 10 miles an hour without being ticketed, and their insurance has to pick up all the cost. Other infractions will include a driver receiving an STD. STD? That sounds like it burns. How do they get that? No, STD stands for stereo turndown. We have all been at a light or at a parking lot or even inside our house and it sounds like bombs going off because someone thinks it's cool to crank up the bass and hopes someone will look their way. Guess what? You get to slap a bold sticker on them. And for the next month, all they can play is Barry Manilow while driving. Uh, I don't even know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Boomer. (laughs) Well, that's only one of the artists they have to choose from. It could also be Nickelback or... How about Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. We could put that one in there. We're in charge of this. One more infraction. Have you ever been driving and witnessed a BM? I'm pretty sure I have, but only while riding with you, you old man. Or if it wasn't a BM, it was at least a shark. <laughs> well, let's not talk about that here, but uh, aren't you funny? Wrong kind of BM. This one is when you're pulling out onto the road from a parking lot as you wait and wait for that slow car coming from the left of you to pass by, but instead they turn into the lot when you could have went the whole time. And if they would have just used their blinker. That's a BM? Yes, BM, blinker malfunction. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. Well, don't be the one not paying attention on your phone. Worse yet, doing your makeup. Don't, don't be, be told, told that, that you are now bold. bold.
this episode is going to be all about cars. Not really repairing cars, just cars in general. Yeah, that's good. On the DIY episode, I made it pretty clear that I can't hold up in this conversation about repairs. <laughs> the repairs, yeah. This is going to be about different cars that we've had. Different, just, grow, I think we grew up different. Yeah, I really absolutely. do. I think we grew up different. I've had a lot of cars. And I'm going to go over some of them, and I hope you'll do the same thing. Okay. And they are, they're just a little bit, little bit different. Can I start with what I grew up? I knew what you grew up with when you were little. Yeah. Let me talk about little. when I was little. You were little once, kind of. Oh, little in your car. I thought you meant when I had cars when I was little. No, no, no. Gotcha. So but, yours, um, did you have one that you had like kickstart, yell yabba dabba do in the beginning to get <laughs> yes, it rolling downhill? Yes. My feet, you know, just, yes, yabba dabba That's where the calluses come from? That's where the calluses come from. I want to talk about... When I was a little, when I went over vacations and stuff, I told you that we was in a camper and when I was probably yeah. three, four, five, six. Well, we had a station wagon. Okay. And those ones you call in a crate. In a crate? Do I haven't heard that one, no. Okay. It's the wood grain panels. Think of, uh, who is it on family vacation? The Griswolds. The Griswolds. The Griswolds. Remember that paneling on the yeah, side? Yeah, yeah, It's like it's still in the crate. We had one not quite as hideous as that. But the whole thing about it in the very back had a seat that folded up and faced backwards. Gotcha. So you was facing out the back of the car. Now, mind you, in these days, it wasn't seat belts or anything like that. So on a trip, when you wasn't pulling a trailer, but when you was going, you fought over who got to sit in that back seat. Because okay. that was a ton of fun. Most so, room, you get to harass the poor drivers behind you, all that good stuff. That's what I was going to get okay. at. Everybody got to fight over that back seat, and you really wanted that. And like you was talking about, being able to harass the drivers behind you was the whole fun part about this. Gotcha. Now, times were different then. This is what you'd do. You'd sit there, people pull <laughs> okay. up behind you, and you act like you was kidnapped. People behind you just shake their head, seen it a hundred times, and pull up alongside and kind of point to the back. So I wonder how many real kidnappings you're responsible for, and you don't even know because <laughs> you're a little jackass. Could be, but I was going to say, could you imagine doing that now? Oh, it'd be bad. The SWAT team, the yeah. amount of helicopters that'd be out. You'd only do it one. Well, Either that know. or they might just pull out a gun and start shooting at you for harassing them. It could be that. Times have changed. My first car that I had with a buddy of mine, and this is going back to when I was about 14, was a Nash Rambler. Have you ever heard of a Nash Rambler? Nope. <laughs> we bought this. Nobody has. Just you. Just me. There's a few people out there because what's really good about this Nash Rambler is that the seats would lay all the way down. Even like the front seat? That's like, the, Yeah, the front seats, both the front seat would lay right down. We never got it running, but... The so Nash, what was your first drivable car? Well, I had one more bad car before that. I had a Corvair also. Corvette? Uh, no, but I do have one. Anybody want to buy a Corvette? Oh. Corvair. 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 Never heard of it, huh? Nobody's heard of that. Oh, my girlfriend at the time, her father had one. He wanted it out of the garage. So I got it down to my garage. Corvair had oh, rear okay. engine in it. And this was a POS, man. This was this is bad. It was like, uh, what was that Pontiac that was like that? Fiero? Yeah. Right? Caught on fire. Idea? Yeah. yeah Catch yeah. on fire. My grandpa had a Corvair okay. and they had twin carburetors. He was one of them that did not follow. If it's not broke, don't fix it. He was always okay. trying to fix it. So one time Even he was in good. the back, yep, working on the carburetors. 
kicked into gear, ran through the fence and through the garden. Oh, man. Then he uh, painted it. This is a time before safety standards, huh? Oh, well before (laughs) safety standards. He uh, painted it one time, and he painted it blue, painted it with house paint. Oh, painted half of it, yep, and then ran out of paint. And you'll appreciate this. He was blind in one eye and colorblind in the other. Oh, nice. So a nice line, right? Side by side, what I'm trying to say. It was blue and green. You got two different color oh, paints. Oh, is that bad? It I thought you were going to say a different shade of blue. But <laughs> that's no. rough. I mean, honestly, you already painted a car with house paint. It doesn't matter what colors you use. It's not going to look good. No, no. It no. won't look good from 10 miles away. Good thing people loved him. Right. <laughs> My first drivable car was a deuce and a quarter. I just don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> Again, nobody under the age of 60 knows what you are talking about. I'm under 60. Are you? Yes, I am. And I get a senior citizen discount, I think. I have never done yeah. it. But I think it's 55, maybe. Okay, let me tell you about this Buick. This was the car. My father worked for GM, and he could get these um, cars that were experimental cars that Bosses got to drive around, then could buy them. This was as big as a boat. Brown, convertible, Buick, 225. They're called deuce and a quarter. I'm talking huge. You lost me at brown. I don't know what deuce and a quarter means. I don't know what 225 means. 225 is deuce and a quarter. Come on, millennial. 225, that was just what it was. Like Like, if you got a price tag? Like if you got an F-150, this was a 225. Gotcha. This car, being a convertible, had air conditioning and a convertible. Nice. At that time, they didn't have that. Had disc brakes, front disc brakes at that time. They didn't have that you know what that means you've done some brakes i've done some brakes i just follow the youtube videos i don't know the difference between disc and whatever else is not disc and that was unusual at that time he had a 430 or something a big engine in it and okay. this thing was huge the psa was talking about the stereo stuff yeah, yeah. i added a inverter now right now is an inverter that you buy and plug into a lighter Yep. This was something that I had to actually drill into the alternator, and I had my base amp. So you needed the bold sticker. I needed the bold sticker. It was okay. in the trunk, which the trunk was huge. I mean, that's where people rode. My buddy okay. rode around in there, Weird Herald. I've told you stories <laughs> yeah, about yeah. that, and it was big enough for more than one person to ride around in there. The front seat was, let's talk about this, is a bench seat. And I mentioned to you the other day, I'd asked you about a bench seat, and you said you kind of got one in this truck. Yeah, yeah, my front seat's a bench seat. There's um, the fold-down back in the middle that turns into a council, so it mm-hmm. doesn't really look like a bench seat, but if you pull that up, it's just one solid seat. And what was so special about it was... Going down the road, your girl could sit right next to you. I seen that the other day after we talked about that. Yeah. A guy in his truck, young guy, old truck, and his girlfriend snuggled right up to him. And man, I, really? I smiled. I pulled up alongside and smiled. So I was going to ask you. Did they see you creeping on them and watching them? Yeah. And they, they flipped me off and called me a okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. And yeah. drove off. <laughs> yes, they did. It's going down the expressway. Have you ever had, besides in the Spark, which we could talk about that spark the uber when uh your oh, wife when, yeah. when the four of us i'm a big guy too yep yeah we ordered a uber in ann arbor and they sent a spark spark and there's four of us right four of so us the driver, driver plus four and a spark and just me alone i got in the front seat and my just me my knees were touching my chest <laughs> and they expected three more people to fit in there i think we should have got a refund that day yeah well we made it live we'd had enough beers in us that we was okay but you did say the reason they call it a spark why it's because it's dragging the ground <laughs> and i forgot you was in the front seat so i was going to say besides that have you ever had your wife sitting next to you ever in a vehicle because you know now there's seat belts and you got to have lap belts and shoulder belts you know i don't know possibly i have a horrible memory well probably not but one more cool thing about this Buick is kind of goes along with the uh, 
Nash Rambler and everything like that. Let me I, say one more cool thing about the Buick. I don't oh, think you've named anything yet. Oh, man, you would love this car, man. The full, full Brown, bench. the size of a boat. Oh, nah. It's cool. I'll have to find a picture I want and show you. The back seat is all leather. The back seat was uh, just a full bench seat the size of size of that bed I made you sleep in in that cabin in the camping trip. So it's very small. Well, it's pretty <laughs> big for a car. But I also had hooked up is a... Uh, a board with some foam around it. Front seat was electric, moved forward and backwards. Full bench seat up front, full bench seat in back. This board, you would have the front seat push on it, and then that back seat turned in almost to the size of a twin bed. For camping. For yeah, camping purposes, camping. not for being 16. It was all about camping. You're just horrible. It was great. And You have uh, grandkids now that someday will listen to this. You should be ashamed. Well, the way they've changed cars, it's a wonder that I even have grandkids. Yeah. The way they make cars now with the shifters and right in the middle and everything, that they just that I don't know, it's gotta have a effect on how many they're in population. with the birth control people. Planned parenthood Planned makes the parenthood, cars now. Yeah. What was your first uh, car that you drove? Man, uh well I'm gonna set the tone for a couple of my first cars. Yeah, so just to paint the picture, I am a giant guy. I'm six four, six five. 270 pounds i'm i'm massive and i've been this size since i was 15 or 16 years old my uh first car was a pontiac sunbird blue blue baby blue light blue that i bought for 500 dollars. and honestly it was a good good deal for 500 bucks i drove it for probably a year and a half two years never put any money into it no oil changes no, <laughs> no nothing <laughs> Yeah, that car was a piece, and I never did any, and I, I did not do it justice. I'll never forget one day, well, kind of paint the picture. It got to a point where the radiator was leaking so bad, I would figure out geographically how far I could go before it would overheat. So that, that was kind of my driving limits. Mm-hmm. And um, I could make it to work. I, my, my job was about 15, 20 miles away, and I could make it to work um, without it overheating, and it was fine. And it was good because then I'd be at work all day and I'd be able to make it home. But like, this was before direct deposit. So I'd have to drive out there to get my checks also. So on days I'd have to get my checks, I'd drive out there and then go into the store and get pitchers of cold water to pour through the radiator (laughs) to be able to drive back home. (laughs) (laughs) This car was a piece. Oh, can I talk about your car? Go for it. And how you got it? Sure. I'm sorry. I got to do this. If this is your first time listening to this, yes, we are a millennial and boomer yep see i embraced boomer i'm not saying baby boomer good i like it you're growing but we're also father and son so i've got a little insight about this so from the time you was about 14 yep i started talking to you about a car because that that deuce and a quarter i had i got it when i was 14 i lived in a town that i was able to drive it at 14 go down and pick up the girls softball team and stuff you know a little bit different my dad was cooler than your dad anyhow we had a deal <laughs> we had a deal at 14 what it was yeah to be. it was something along the lines of any money that i had save up that you would match it for me to get a car when you turn 16 when I turn 16 and your birthday is in what month january okay well you had pretty good wad of money saved up by the time you turned 16 well it just so happened that over new yeah. what do you consider a pretty good wad of money well let me just keep when going, we're talking about aspects of buying a car Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you had fifteen hundred and I put fifteen hundred with it, that would be how much? Three thousand dollars. That'd be pretty good at that time. And that is not how much money I've ever had. Well, you had a lot more than you did when I got back from Florida over because okay. your birthday is at the beginning of January. Yep. I was gone for New Year's Eve. Yep. Left you alone. 
got home and man, you look sharp. Well, to you, you look sharp. Yep. You had at that point, the pants were, it was different than a Uh, bell bottom. They were huge. Jinko jeans that were just the, they were basically bell bottoms. They were nonsense. They're going to come back someday. Just you wait. Yeah. They were like bell bottoms, but all the way up. I think they were baggy. You could probably fit a small elephant in those pants. Yeah. Is that you bragging? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I've wore my share of bell bottoms. Yeah. But I, know, anyhow, I saw pictures of you as a teenager. Oh, yeah. You don't have much room to talk. <laughs> so I got home and you had you had dwindled it to five hundred. Yep. I was like, no, no, no. This ain't this ain't gonna work. Made a second deal with you. Get a job. Keep saving. I'll make sure you get back and forth to your job. Then I'll match it again. Trying to do what's right. Okay. Next thing I know, over at your grandma's house, you got a what? Sunbird. Sunbird. My own car. Over there. Your own car. What didn't you have to go with it? insurance or a job or a job that was the other part you didn't think that part through so can we just step back (laughs) talk about how i'm 33 now so literally this was half my life ago and still catching crap for going clothes shopping while you left me at home while you went on some caribbean vacation yeah come on now yeah the drinks let's be fair well just just so you know it was very cold in Florida, even went further south in Florida. And uh, I mean, oh, it was actually cold. We had to use poor a guy. heater and everything. Poor guy. But the, the, the story has a good ending, a little bit. No, it has a good ending. So I was the biggest jerk dad because I wasn't going to give you the gas, give you the insurance. Yeah. And so you had, what were they called? Jinkos? Jinko jeans or something like that. Something like that. Crazy nonsense baggy jeans. When you was trying to get a job, because you were gonna, you wanted to work at a game store or different things like that. You knew what you was gonna do. Yep. You'd put those on and off you'd go. And this went on for four or five months, maybe. Yeah, it was rough for me trying to get a job back then. But then it got easy because one day I'd had enough and I beat on your basement door, which I raised a six foot four kid in a five yeah. foot seven basement. My head scraped the ceiling <laughs> all day. Beat on that door, threw you some nice clothes and said come on get in the car he said where we're going i took you out to a place and on the sign it said walk-in interviews and he said what are we doing i said you're walking in and you was mad at me until you came out with a job on the spot job yeah you ended up being one of their youngest managers you've moved up through the ranks in different places people have had hunted in oh yeah it's actually a good thing that got a jump start on my career um i was mad in the moment though you was mad in the moment but you did good but the thing i was going to say is this car you didn't even ask me about, hey, is this a good car or not? You got it. It ended up being a pretty decent car, even with the other problems. For 500 I mean, bucks. For 500 bucks, if you drive it for a year, you can't complain. I, yeah, I'm saying that, you know, you it did wasn't pretty too good. bad. All the other vehicles that you got, not too often have you turned to me and go, hey, what do you think about this? And I don't know if that's because of that. Well, it's kind of because it's hard to get your buy in for some things. I think you were <laughs> extra careful because you don't want to hear it about it if it goes wrong. True. You're a hard man to take someplace to look at something because you'll pick it apart. True. So I had to get to a point where it's just like, whatever, I'll just buy a car and hope it lasts. And you've done pretty good. I've done pretty all right. I Size cars makes a difference. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a timeline. I went yep. from that Sunbird. I traded that in to get a Grand Prix, which I loved. We bought that from a used car lot. I think you made that car salesman cry by the time we left. I remember that. You now. I forgot about him and gave him a hard time. 
And uh, he he finally was like, all right, whatever, I'll take your trade. And I went home. You were like, go get the car. And I ran home, and I ripped the stereo I'd put in that Sunbird, <laughs> ripped it right out of the middle of the, the council and brought it right back into him. He looked at me. He's like, oh, so you went home and took the stereo? Yeah, you already said <laughs> he said you take this car so then i had this grand prix the what? grand prix didn't last very long because the rack and pinion went out uh, oh, for the yeah. steering yeah. so then i but i kept driving it for a while so i kept driving that car with no power steering so i probably drove that for a good six six months maybe a year just trying to muscle that car um with manual steering and then, i forgot all about that car color. yeah what color it was white, white. it was okay. like a yeah, special edition one it's pretty nice it was nice it was I a remember. nice little yep. car um i liked it a lot till I mean, it was nice while I could steer it. And then from there, I got a Plymouth Neon, which I think was smaller than the Sunbird. A little red Plymouth Neon, tiny car. So I, I guess I just didn't realize my pure size. And then I did some car jumping year to year. It seemed like I had some, the next used car that had a little more value each time. You had a Blazer or something. What was that? What, yeah, what so when I first got promoted at my very first job, I got a nice little raise, especially for my age. I thought I was doing crazy well. So I went and got a nice, uh, it was a Jimmy, and that was a really nice car for my age. It was, it was a few years old. It was used, but super nice shape, but I was paying way more for it than I should have. I was paying full coverage insurance when I shouldn't have been. Well, I should have been for that car, but just for my age, I probably should have been saving a little bit of money. So from there, when I realized how much I was spending just to be able to drive this truck, I traded that in, started hitting auto auctions. I got auto auction trucks for a few I years. I forgot about that, yeah. Which, those weren't too bad. Do you remember the the black Ford Explorer I bought from the auto auction? Yeah, yeah. And I drove it up here yep. to show you that yep. day. Do you remember what happened? No, what happened? Talk this about is it. when I got okay. my first uh, four-wheel drive truck. Uh, we bought it in the dead of winter. And at this point, you live about an hour away from me. When I first got four-wheel drive, I thought I was unstoppable. <laughs> as everybody, as I've been. Yeah. So I got this truck. I was like, all right, I need to go show dad my truck. Jumped on 75, hit black ice, spun out, hit the median, <laughs> destroyed the truck. Probably two hours after I paid for it. Oh, man. And then I got stuck with that for a while because that was a nice truck until I hit a cement wall with it. Then um, I started making a little more money, and my dream car at the time was one of the newer Dodge Chargers. And that was just kind of like, that was what I had my eyes on. That's mm -hmm. what I had my heart set on. Mm -hmm. And then I got my first promotion as a store manager, and I was able to afford that. And that was a piece of junk. I got to agree with you. I really thought yeah. they was cool. I looked at them, you know, going down the road. My wife, I think, wanted one. It and you was, got that one, and I'm like, wow, this is not cool. No, it looked great, and it was comfortable because it's a big car for someone my size. And I loved it until it just started falling apart. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't need Dodge coming after us, but they are cheaply <laughs> built. That's the one that we were talking about in the DIY where it got stuck in the garage because I couldn't put it in reverse because the, the shifter broke yeah. from like a dollar part, and I had to dismantle the whole thing. And it's just one thing after another with that, that car, and it started from the day we bought it. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember I got it, and there was a problem with the gas tank, and I kept oh, having yeah. to take it back to the dealership, yeah. and they had it for like a month after I bought it trying to fix it, and it was a mess. So then I moved on to leasing trucks, and I had trucks for a while, and which was another not smart move. That's something you should have talked to me out of because <laughs> I drive 30 miles each way to work and kept getting a lease just so I could have a nice truck and killing the mileage on those. And finally got smart, got past that. Now I, I have a F-150 that I drive that I love this truck and bought outright, so I don't have to worry about the miles or anything. So that's where I'm at. 
car yeah. wise. The, the whole family turned into F one fifty fans. All yeah. of a sudden, it just sorry Chevy people. I, I have a GMC and I do have a vet. So you do know. I. We uh, my wife. Teresa drives a Chevy. She has an Equinox. So don't give us a bunch of crap for F-150s. It just all happened. A bunch of us, all within a um, couple of months, ended up with yeah. a bunch of them. Well, I'd had my eyes on F-150 for a while because they had the big full back seat, yeah. which I think they have them for Silverados, but I think they're more rare and they are more expensive. Yeah, I think the F-150s, you get that full back seat for a little bit cheaper, so now it's kind of turned into a family vehicle. The kids can get in the back seat comfortably. i seen the sparkle in your eye when I pulled up in mine. Yeah. And you said, hey, hey, Teresa, come out and look at this. She came out uh, along with Chalupa. Yep. He come out, and he's crawling through the new truck with an ice cream or something. <laughs> you guys just about died. Yeah. Get out of there. Yeah. Well, Next I just day. about died because I saw the look on your face. I was like, <laughs> I got to get him before we have to pull my dad off of him. True, true. <laughs> we, you know, we've been talking about some vehicles. I've got to talk a little bit of at-odds stuff when I've got my first cars and everything. My father took me out there, opened the hood, showed me how to change the oil, not change oil, add oil and yeah. transmission, change a tire if you got a flat tire. And when you finally got that Sunbird where you could drive it, I told you, now you might have been a little hard-headed as a teenager, a little bit. I think I was a definition of hard-headed. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you was. And I said, come on out I think out I'm here. still that person. I just hide it a little bit better. I've learned how to navigate that scenario better. Okay. Yeah, you was... Rough, but we made it through. Now you're going to get it with your kids. Oh, same yeah. Same way. I'm already seeing it. Beasel? Yeah. Beasel is you. Beasel knows everything at this point. And yes. She's going to let you know it. <laughs> well, when I told you, I said, hey, come on out here, and I want to show you how to change a tire. But prior to that, right when you first got that car, it had a little front-end damage. And I think we might have talked about this on the DIY one. Had a little yeah. front-end damage, and I had you go... To the junkyard. Junkyard. Yep. Had you remove it. And you did all that. You did You did good with that, but I guess that was your tolerance. You'd had enough. Oh, I was probably complaining about it in my head the entire time. <laughs> I was probably sick of you by the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I wanted to wanted you to know how to uh, change a tire. You turned to me because, you know, at that point you knew it all, and you knew mm-hmm. exactly how to deal with that uh, tire, and what did you tell yeah, me? Yeah, the cell phone. Yeah. What'd I, you say? I can give you a call. And I said, don't call me. <laughs> And then I went and got AAA. So then I'm you good. Went, yeah, then you, I'm then good. you're all good. Yeah. All right. You always had a workaround, didn't you? Some other things with as far as boomer and millennial. Yeah. So one thing, am I cutting you off? No. Okay. So I know one big topic that we we're going to discuss today, because this is something that I know just me just bringing it up, I know it makes your boomer heart ache. <laughs> um, and I've seen it in the face of many boomers when we, we bring this this topic up. Do you know what I'm about to talk no, about? No, go ahead. Lay it on me. Electric cars. I'm not a hater. Really? No, I'm not a hater. I think I've seen it in your eyes before. Maybe the conversation started a little while back. Maybe you've changed a little bit. But I remember the first time I brought up the idea of an electric car, your head was about to spin. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. And that was yeah. a while ago. That was a while ago. Yeah, times have changed with electric cars. So so you're kind of rolling with the punches. You're, you're getting rolling it? Rolling a little bit. You do know what happened yesterday with that Tesla, correct? Which one? Oh, the guy that put it on self-drive mode because something going on, I think it's dog or something in the back, he turned around. So he quit driving. Quit driving, but he, he turned on the drive yourself yep. mode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the police was there like that. No, it hit a police car. Yeah, he hit a police he car. He hit a police car. And hit another car. And I did you read into it? Like, why? That's as far as I went. Okay, right? so 
Basically, I mean, the self-driving on those, they follow sets of rules, basically. And there's something to do with that. Apparently, they tend to ignore things that aren't moving vehicles. So things that they don't think are part of your driving lane, basically. And what it sounds like is this cop car was not completely off the side of the road. So the Tesla wasn't paying attention to it. And then the other thing that they talk about is the user was digging in his backseat dealing with his dog. So completely turned around. So there's two different things for Tesla, right? There's autopilot and there's self-driving. So he didn't have it on self-driving. He had it on autopilot. So autopilot is basically fancy cruise control. So it's going to hold your speed for you. It's got sensors in the front and the back. So it's going to slow down and stuff like that. It's not driving for you. And when you think about cruise control, how easy is it to turn off cruise control? Incredibly uh, easy, right? Right. So what they're saying is they think that he turned off autopilot and didn't realize it, which is super easy to do. If you tug, I think it's like if you tug on the steering wheel too much or if you hit your brakes, that just the system turns off. And if you imagine trying to stretch back to your back seat, it sounds like he turned off autopilot and hit a cop car. Well, now, if this cop car would have just got moving, none of this would have happened. Right. It's got to be the police fault, right? Well, yeah, you know, it's always somebody else's fault. But again, that's a very boomer comment because I could say how many combustion engine cars got in a car accident yesterday. Oh, absolutely. What happens when you talk about electric cars? Because I know people with electric cars. Okay. It's almost like sitting in a room with a vegan. Sorry, vegan. No. (laughs) I mean, you could say that about anything and any person, though. Well, it's like getting in a room with us and talking about podcasts. I don't know us. I think it's you. Okay, me. (laughs) The other thing that really bothers me is people that have electric cars feel that you should pay for them to have the electrical hookups. Where I work, people want me to pay for that so they can charge their car while they're there. Yeah. I've been over to our state capitol, and there's all these charging stations that the state has paid for. I've seen them at Myers. I mean, sometimes they do get it paid for, but... Nobody's buying my gas. Right. No. So to be transparent, like I'm getting to the point where I, I started a job now that I'm doing a lot of miles and I get paid mileage. So I'm trying to outweigh all the, the pros and cons. Like, does it make sense? Because like I said, I drive this big F-150. It's 18 miles to the gallon. I've got to figure something out because I'm driving 120 plus miles a day, which yeah, I'm getting paid gas mileage, but, or uh, yeah, mileage, but it, it's just burning through it on my truck, right? And it's going to kill my truck. So I'm getting to the point where I'll probably have to make the choice to get something more efficient. And I'm doing all the research to see if electric makes sense. Okay, I got, I got to stop you right there. The grin on your face mm-hmm. is not if electric makes sense. No. You, you've got an angle, and you always have an angle. I do always have an angle, but I'm trying to be <laughs> smart about this. Okay. I, I really am. But also, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that's your problem. If you have an electric car, figure out how to charge it. And honestly, from... All the research I've done on electric cars with their range and everything, if you're to the point where you have to charge your car when you get to work, like you're you're not making good choices anyways. Like the bottom of the barrel Tesla, it's a 250-mile range. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't make that work and charge it at home, that's on you. You need to figure that out. I think we're not at odds about okay. that. Did you see the truck test? Cybertruck? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that might be did? my new angle. I've been looking at them. Did you see what they did hooking up to a Ford F-150? No, I heard about it. I didn't see what Drug happened. it uphill and everything. Did but it? Tesla did say, well, it wasn't quite. Is it neutral? Fair. No, it was the truck. You know, lightest part is at the back. They yeah. didn't have any weight in there. And this cyber truck has thousands of pounds of batteries in it. You know. Yeah. So it is a whole tongue-in-cheek thing. Well, did you see the reveal of it with the bulletproof glass? 
<laughs> go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I don't know if they said it's bulletproof glass or something resistant glass. It's supposed to not break. And they're going to test it out by like throwing a golf ball or a baseball at it or something and it's shattered. And the thing looks like a doorstop. Yeah. That, that thing, that's what I think is funny. Well, just look at what the difference is. You're saying on your truck you're getting 18. Yeah. My vehicles before that, when I was a, you know, younger, got nowhere near as that, but gas wasn't as expensive really? as it is now. Wow. I mean, I knew oh, the gas no. thing. I didn't know the mileage thing. Yeah, well, after I blew up that deuce and a quarter, because I had some bullies at school chasing me, and the radiator overheated and the engine blew, and <laughs> so ended up finding another car, probably my favorite car, 1973 Le Mans Sport Coupe. Wow. You have no idea what that is. Nope. I said wow just to be nice. I don't know. I, I, I appreciate means. that. I got this car, and when I bought it, it was a quarter-mile race car. It was jacked up air shocks huge tires across the back it was sponsored by goodyear so i had goodyear across the back said ha ha too late you told me about that one and the front a pontiac had a point at the front of it and on the very front had a middle finger this thing was fast and when i bought it you know how you ripped the stereo out of yours yeah the guys i bought it from but they changed out a uh, four barrel carburetor to a two barrel carburetor which makes a difference in a race car for sure i'll have to trust you so when Christmas came around, my mom and dad got me this four-barrel, 650 double pumper. That means nothing to you, but that is a a great, great one. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my dad tried to tell me, that don't make no difference at all. That was, you know, late 70s or whatever. And he said, let's take it out for a ride. And he may have had a drink or two, possibly. Okay, so we're driving down. uh, But way back then, that was acceptable. I guess. No (laughs) seatbelts. And we're driving down the road. We're in the quarter mile because there's actually a quarter mile track on the road spray painted. I don't know what kind of kids would get out there and spray that. But we get out there and we're going along 25, 30 miles an hour. Then he hits the gas and it is a little slick out there and the tires broke loose. That's how much power this thing had. Slid sideways. I just had to put an exhaust all the way on it because I got pulled over by the cops because of the exhaust being too loud. And it slid sideways down through a ditch, ripped off the new exhaust. Oh, man. He said, I'll pay for the towing. <laughs> hmm. But that car was awesome. In the city you live in now is where I went to uh, school. When I'd come into that town, they'd pull me over because of that middle finger. So I started having to turn it into a peace sign with a crayon. <laughs> and then when I'd leave, my father had had enough one day. He went out and scraped that middle finger off, not realizing that the type of paint that was on it, you can't just touch it up. Ended up having to sell it because I was in a band and I got a Dodge van with carpet in it. Complete shag carpet on the inside. That's a hell of a difference. And I lived in it. Out in my dad's driveway, but I was independent. <laughs> Stayed a whole winter out there at a cord out there. I love there. this podcast because it always ends with you telling me stories that you would have kicked my ass for when I was that same age. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I did. I had an electric cord out there with a little heater, and I lived out there in the winter in that yeah. Dodge van. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. Let me, let me tell you a couple more vehicles I had, Cal. I had a Gremlin. It wasn't only a movie. That was okay. a vehicle. You'd have to look one up. A- AMC Gremlin. Went out to look at it. AMC. Yeah, they had a Pacer, which is all windows, and they had a Gremlin. And my mom went with me to go look at this Gremlin. This is kind of funny. We get over there. My mom kicks this dog. It's a little dog. Kicks it across the room. And I look. The lady looks. And my mom says, it was biting me on the ankle. (laughs) And, And the lady said, oh, my dog wasn't biting you on the ankle. It just wanted to put its mouth on your ankle. She says, I didn't want to kick the dog. I just wanted to put my foot on its ass. 
<laughs> I mean, come on now. This gremlin was uh, yellow and black, like okay. a bumblebee. I was coming through the town of Grand Blank one time through some uh, watery roads, you know, it was raining and everything, and yeah. it started smoking on the inside. I pull off up into a driveway, and it was a nice house. It's a okay. nice area. I pull up in there, and I see this cop go past me, and I'm trying to wave him down, and he comes up, step away from that car, because by this time, I've got the hood up and smoke coming out, and yeah. I'm like, oh, you got a fire extinguisher? Step away from the car. I'm pulling you over for speeding. I'm like, I flagged you down. What? And about that time, my boss pulls up in a Corvette, a new Corvette, and the guy gets his hand on his gun and saying, who are you? And my boss being a jerk, going, who are you? Next thing I know, we got back up there, and I got a speeding ticket. Oh, wow. I ended up going to court. The judge said I still, she had me still pay some and said the only reason is because my boss was a jerk. That was my That's criminal. nonsense. I don't think that would hold out these days. Yeah. I had a Vega. You ever heard of that? No, Not I haven't Vegas. heard of any of these cars. Just quit asking. <laughs> just list them off. This one, uh, I drove it. To, I mean, it was just a cheap, oh, almost orange color car. I think it had like aluminum heads. I don't know if that means anything to you, but it nope. blew up as something. When I lived with uh, your grandpa at an apartment complex, I forgot all about it. They towed it away. They just towed it? They towed it's it. Gone. You can, yeah, and I don't know why I have to do it. Never went looking for it. But I did get a brand new Brand new car. My first brand new. I had some other things in there, but a brand new Olds KLA. Beautiful car. Gray. I uh, went and had, I know where you're going with yeah, this Yeah, you do. Windows tinted. Yep. I mean, this car was sweet. Yeah. And you was maybe four or five at the time. Probably. It was a good 28 years ago. And I know where you're going with it because I still hear about it on a monthly basis. You have to. You have to hear about <laughs> it because this car was sweet. And you took like your little Hot Wheel cars and ran it all over the window tent and just destroyed it. Yeah. Worst but things could happen. It tent could. is replaceable. It, it was. And then I got busted for having it up front too. Um, there you go. I was trying to do you a favor. <laughs> Another car that you've never heard of, a Nissan Pulsar? Nope. Okay. You've heard of Nissan though. Yes. And this is a Nissan Pulsar. Bought Thank you one. for finally naming something from the century. Okay. I appreciate it. It was still, that was a long time ago, but what was cool about this is it's kind of like a hatchback and T-tops, but the hatchback completely removed and the T-tops, so it's just like a big roll bar. What was cool about it? I mean, it just looked cool, but the bad part, the downfall on that, is that that's when the seatbelt laws were just really changing. And so you could see right down into that, and I got a couple of seatbelt tickets on that. But it was no, I didn't know they had seatbelt tickets back then. Oh, yeah. I thought uh, that was a newer... No, I've really? had a few. I had several uh, like GMC Safaris or Astro Vans. Yeah. We've talked about that. Hauled you around to Florida and this and that. And those were just awesome. We've camped in them. The one thing about that, when I got that one, at that time I read the Sunday Funnies. And I read one called Calvin and Hobbes. I remember that. And I was a real fan of Calvin and Hobbes. And I went down to a window tenting place and took okay. them the comic and said, can you make me a Calvin and Hobbes? And they made one for me, and I put it on my windows. That became a thing. I had got to be the first Calvin and Hobbes on a vehicle. And, you know, that turned into a thing. Like I said, it yeah. turned a whole other direction, but I did do that. So are you taking credit for the movement of Calvin peeing on things? Uh, mine wasn't peeing on anything. Okay. Mine was a very respectful Calvin. Escort, old, another Buick Saber, Yukon that I still have. Yeah, that thing stood the test of time. Well over 300,000 miles on wow. it. Got that back when you had blue. The only reason I ran into that. You had that before. I wasn't driving when you had that Yukon. I, I got think. it. Yes. Oh, you don't know the story then. Only reason I ran into it is when I was trying to find you a vehicle, but then you didn't have money and a job and I found that. 
Gotcha. And I went, I'll buy that myself then. So you just got back from leaving me on vacation, mm-hmm. came home, gave me a hard time for buying some clothes. Yep. And you thought, I'm going to help him out by getting him a new car and then bought yourself a new truck. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I've had edges and now we're big F-150 people. Yeah. I've had a few of the cars that you've had. So we had the edge at the same time you guys had the edge, now the F-150. That was because of the all-wheel drive. Remember you came oh, up here? Yeah, yeah. We went and took it for a drive. It was a little bit snowy and you went, this is amazing. Yeah, because this is we had a, a really bad winter a few years ago, and mm-hmm. everybody got stuck everywhere. And that was at the time I had that Charger, which which is a rear wheel drive, mm-hmm. and uh, Teresa had a Ford Fusion. So we got that snow, and we just we couldn't even leave our driveway. So yeah, like, all right, we need something right now, and that's when we got the edge. Yep. So both of us have evolved in our vehicles, but here is the millennial boomer part. I talked to you about, I had that 73 Le Mans Sport Coupe, big motor, ran. I mean, I could run that thing and that vet, you know. Yeah. I mean, those those vehicles ran, and that's what I did. That's what me and my buddies did. We ran quarter miles. We ran the back roads like uh, Dukes of Hazard. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Old TV show. We would run them crazy out on sliding on back roads, chasing each other. I mean, it was ridiculous but man we learned to drive okay now you get in the vehicle what happens when you put it in reverse got my camera <laughs> camera i'm sorry oh. i could not drive my truck without that backup camera and i can't drive with it it just no no you know what i use it for no what i use it for is when i'm pulling into a parking spot i'll back up just to make sure that i see the line where it should be so that i don't so have to get not... back and redo it yeah yeah I do that. Driving this big truck, I, I've had this basically the same size truck for like five years now. I still can't park it worth a damn though. And uh, I, I rely on that backup camera because now I just back in everywhere. So I know I'm parked well. Well, <laughs> not getting yeah. old ladies keying my brand new truck. You have had that. <sighs> I'll find you someday back if you're to listening beat, to this. Back to beating old ladies. Goodness <laughs> gracious. But you have an option on yours that if it's hooked up to a trailer, you take your hand off the wheel and turn this other little dial. Yeah, there's this little dial to back it up and steer it in. Oh, my God. It just you know, I, I, me. I read about that. I have to buy this little uh, barcode. Did you read about this? No. So what it does is I need to find this little barcode sticker and put it on my trailer. And it uses the camera to read where that barcode is, and that's how it backs it up. Mm, now Crazy like, stuff. Yeah. Like I said, I do like the backup camera because when I – Back up to my boat, which I can't move that tongue around on that. I mean, it's a pretty yeah, good-sized yeah. boat, but you can zoom in on it, and I know right where it is. And like I told my wife, I said, hey, you don't have to help me anymore do that. She said, I never helped you to begin with. I said, oh, that's true. Can I tell you how boomer that is for you to start a, this conversation <laughs> on how much you hate something, but spend more time talking about how much you love it? Okay. Yeah. But I do want to talk about things that i done that I tried to instill to you because whether you like it or not, I did teach you to drive. At yeah. that time, still, I was working at schools, had parking lots. We mm-hmm. spent a ton of time in parking lots, and half of that time was just driving backward, driving in snow with the Yukon and different things like that. And I have to say, you're a pretty darn good driver. And then when you went to buy your first boat, as a grown man, yeah. we spent a lot of time out in that parking lot. <laughs> same parking lot. Same trying parking Trying to back lots. up a trailer. Now you're pretty good at backing up a trailer even without your cameras. Ooh, I am pretty horrible at backing up this trailer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it uh-huh. done, but mm-hmm. there is not a level of precision with it, and there's lots of swearing. I have to keep the kids in the boat so they don't 
hear what I'm saying when I'm trying to back this trailer up. You know, by the end of every season, I'm a pro at it, but I really blame it on my bad memory because then it seems like at the beginning of summer every year, I'm starting over fresh, and by the end of summer, I'm good at it again, and... Okay, you've never told me that, but I do know that if yeah. we're together and I've and your boat is hooked up, that somehow you're the one on the dock grabbing the lines and well, I'm the one backing it up. Yeah, think about it. You'll remember these phone calls when I call you and I say, all right, so when I'm backing up the trailer, hand on the top of the steering wheel or bottom? Yeah. I okay, make that call right. every yeah. year. You do. You, you do. You do. <laughs> but, you know, I did try to teach you well and how to drive, and I think you do a really really good job definitely we'll say knock on wood i mean i've never had any car accidents i've, I've had like fender benders and that thing where i spun out on the expressway mm-hmm. but nothing more than some fender benders so yeah. knock on wood that's been good well me growing up uh my dad wanted to teach me how to drive a stick shift so he done it in a huge u-haul van and took us out on a little dirt road and yeah. made me learn to drive it and turn it around on this road. I'm going to teach you how to drive it on someone else's clutch. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know if I ever taught you to drive a stick, but did you ever learn to you drive didn't, a stick? You didn't, but I did learn because when Teresa and I first started dating, she had that Ford Probe. Ford Probe, Which yes. is an even smaller car for me to fit in. Yeah. But um, I did learn how to drive stick on that. Mm-hmm. Not very good, but I made it happen. And well, you millennials have these four cylinders and, you know, I, I don't know what you'd do behind the wheel of, I don't know, you've drove the vet. Yeah. And I blew the engine on it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> that was that one time he's let me drive that Corvette in the last 10 years. <laughs> that is when that happened. I forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but so much technology i mean these cars that park themselves in yeah. the parallel parking and all that but i know you can handle that but a ton of people out there can't yeah and the backup cam makes it a lot easier well i'm glad they got them in there so that rabble 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 you know so lots of different things technology wise though so i i just don't know if you have somebody right a millennial yeah right in cursive give them a uh manual vehicle to have to drive a stick shift well if they have their phone they can youtube how to drive a stick shift they'll make it happen <laughs> we have our ways yeah yeah i've been driven a stick shift and well last time would have been 10 years ago on my uh when i got married and we rented jeeps in mexico um that was the last time i used a stick shift so if you put me in a, a manual car now i wouldn't remember the first thing about it but i'd pull out youtube and figure it out pretty quick so we've had many vehicles. I do think that boomers had it better because the driving restrictions wasn't as bad. Maybe we were more dangerous, but we had a lot more metal around us too. Yeah. People still probably die, but we had I those eight cylinders. I would argue that you did not have it better. You but talked more. about how poor the gas mileage was. Yeah, but the gas is how? cheap. Fair enough. Now we have electric and we have public schools to pay for our electricity. Uh, not mine. Not yet. Not yet. Not yours yet. Yet. One of the teachers really pushed me to put in a windmill. <laughs> Okay. Really wanted this windmill, and which is okay, but one windmill, it takes a hundred years wow. to pay for itself, but the life expectancy of it is like 20. And they was still like, yeah, so what's wrong with that? It's like, you're a teacher, figure it out, do the math. Typical boomer, not caring about what's going on in a hundred years. You know, I'm the one that has the boat that gets, what, three miles to the gallon <laughs> right. or something like that, but you know, oh, all oh, those boats and everything. You've yeah. got one too. Don't look at me. You got one too. You didn't. Well, I had yours more this year than you did. You did. And my bow is pretty fuel efficient. It is pretty fuel efficient. I think I can fill up twice for the summer on my bow. Yeah. But I think we're not at odds on this. On some parts we are. I still think we had it better. 
you think you might have it better because of the technology. Yeah, I think I think life is easy for me. For the most part, I think that we're not, not at, at odds. odds. See you next time, guys. See ya.